we're going to give you a tool that's going to help you to share your faith. Um, I want to thank Pastor Ryan for asking me to teach this today. I am the proud father of Ryan and father-in-law of Tara and uh, proud grandfather of uh, the new Paxton, as you've seen, and uh, Addie and Landon and Cooper. But more than that, I'm a proud son of Jesus Christ who loves me and gave himself for me. How many are glad you're saved today? How many are glad somebody shared Jesus with you? Can you imagine what your life would look like today without Christ? It'd be scary for me. Because I know I would not be here. And I would know I would have a, a ton of regret in my life, like so many people do today. So today, I just thought, when I saw that little girl, Heavenly Joy, I thought, not Shirley Temple, it's Jesus. Let's give him the credit and let's be bold. As we sing about it every week here, Lord, draw me deeper. Draw me deeper. What does that mean, to draw me deeper? Um, when we uh, do our seminars, and we're in 16 countries now, that's why you don't see me a whole lot, but we, we teach people how to share their faith. And we do a whole seminar uh, that's called Five Star Evangelism. And we start with uh, a, 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 a topic called Compassion. And because compassion is what is the proper motive for what for sharing our faith, it's the proper. When Jesus looked on the crowd, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. Why? Because he saw them like sheep with not without a shepherd. Sheep are dumb animals. Sheep will eat until they're bloated, until the shepherd takes them away from the green grass, or sheep will wander into dangerous areas. But people without Christ in their life are like sheep without a shepherd. But now. Christ has become the great shepherd of our souls. If I showed you a photo of a malnourished child, you would say, I'm moved with compassion, right? Or if I showed you a photo of a drunkard, you'd say, yeah, I'm moved with compassion. But if I showed you a picture of a happy family, you'd say, no, I don't feel so much compassion. Or a successful businessman, no. But Jesus feels compassion on all of them. Because the successful businessman without Christ will miss heaven. The happy family without Christ will miss heaven. And God has said, I've put you on this earth not just to raise kids and not just to earn an income. I've put you here to be a light for me. Not just your actions, but your words also. Both are very important. And so today, I realized that we've got to be filled with compassion. And uh, 10 years ago, God really talked to me. He said, Tom, what you're doing in India, I was traveling to India a lot, and we were doing big crusades in rural peanut fields, uh, areas that they had never heard the gospel, didn't even know who Jesus was. And, and we were seeing thousands come and give their lives to Christ. Many people get healed. And, but I was, God was talking to me one day, and he said, Tom, that, that you're doing a good job, but have you noticed that there's many more people in the town that aren't coming to your crusade? And have you noticed that when you're in America preaching in a church, that there's many more people outside that are not going to church. And have you noticed, Tom, that two-thirds of America does not go to church? Who's going to reach those people? And I, I said, Lord, you're right. I need, I need to do better. I, if anybody, I should be sharing my faith. I should, but I don't have a good tool. I need a tool that treats people with respect and is fruitful. And so today we're going to develop, we're going to show you this tool called One Minute Witness. Now, the statistics I want to show you, first of all, because here's statistics, and these may shock you a little, but we find them to be true. 97% of people, of Christians, 
will never share the plan of salvation with one unbeliever ever in their entire lifetime. Is that shocking to you? If you don't believe me, I want you to do something for me right now. This is going to be a very interactive uh, session, by the way. Would you just hold up your fists like this for me right now? Everybody hold up your fists. I want you to answer this question with your fingers. In your memory, how many people do you remember have approached you outside the church and tried to share their faith with you, thinking that you're an unbeliever? Now answer me with your fingers. One, two, zero, three. You see the point. Most people keep their, their, their fists clenched because... It is not a habit in most countries to take the gospel outside the church. So, but if our goal is to fulfill the Great Commission, we may talk to people, we may invite them to church, but most Christians don't even know how to lead someone and share the plan of salvation with them. This tool will help you. The second statistic is this, is that 90% of unbelievers will never come to our church. We have Family Fun Fest, we have all these wonderful things, and they're very, very important. Don't get me wrong. They're hugely important. But most unbelievers in Champlain will still not come to church. So wouldn't it make more sense that if we could equip the army of believers in every church in America to be salt and light outside the church, wouldn't that be common a good strategy? Here's the last statistic I want to share with you. This is from the Barner Research here in America. They said 75% are willing to listen to a Christian talk about their faith, especially from someone they trust. I, I thought years ago that when I started doing this, I thought most people would, would, would never listen, but I was absolutely wrong. When I use this tool, 99% of the people that I approach are willing to listen. Many of them thank me for sharing when I'm done. Many of them, like in Guatemala last week, I got to pray with a girl in the concourse of the airport, and she says, yes, I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. But I missed all that, and I regret it because it wasn't until 10 years ago that I decided, God, I'm going to take a big step. And the first step I'd said, I, I made it with a pastor friend of mine. I said, let's share our faith every day for seven days. It doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but I thought if I can do it for seven days, I can do it every day. And I had never done that before. And so after seven days in America, I had shared my faith not seven times, but 11 times. It was scary and fun at the same time. And in, in 11 people, I got to pray with three people to give their lives to Christ. I was, I was blown away. I never thought that could be true. And we said, that's so much fun. Let's do another seven days. And after 14 days, we said, let's finish out the month. And after a month, we said, wow, I can't come up with a good reason to stop. Let's just ask God if we could do this every day for the rest of our lives. And yes, I miss days. But because of that choice, I've been able to share now with thousands of people that I would have missed And many have come close to Christ. So today, we're going to ask God to fill us first with compassion and help us to see what he sees. And and if you're visiting today or if you're in this crowd today and you've never made Jesus Christ the leader of your life, please listen because you're going to have some important things to listen. And even as we learn to share our testimony today, you're going to hear some great testimonies. So you you don't have to feel obligated to participate, but please, please listen. Okay, I'd like everybody to take your booklet. You have a booklet that we gave you today called One Minute Witness. Would you turn that to page 5? And I'm going to give you one minute to please memorize page 5. And we're going to ask our lights to come up a little so everybody can see. And uh, we're going to uh, do this.
And then we're going to write your story down in just a minute. So would you just memorize, please, page five? Uh, we're going to have a real interactive, uh, we're going to make this sort of like a college classroom today rather than a typical uh, uh, spectator uh, response to the, to the pulpit. So I'm going to need your interaction a lot today. Uh, so I, I'm just asking you, uh, everybody just shout it out with me. What's number one? Number two? Number three? Four? Five? Okay, now close your eyes, please. Everybody close your eyes. Number one, two, three, four, five. Okay, now we're going to turn to page seven, and that's our, our permission. And this, the permission is really the key to making this happen. Uh, when I was a little boy, if I had a cold, my mother would give me a spoonful of medicine, but the medicine tasted real bitter. By the way, we're going to go real fast today because this is actually a much longer uh, seminar, but we're going to just incorporate the, the fine details of this, the major points. But my mother would give me a spoon, but it tasted bitter, and my mom was very smart, and she would put something in the spoon and in the medicine that made it taste better. What did she put? Sugar, right. And that's that, the old Disney song, a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. Permission is the sugar. When I approach people, okay, I can be talking to uh, somebody at, at, at the dry cleaning store, or I can talk to someone at the grocery store, or auto mechanic, or getting my hair cut. You're really, you're, you're daring if you do it while you're getting your hair cut, however. But, you know, and I can say, hey, I'd like to ask somebody a question every day. Is that okay with you? When they say yes, it is empowering them. It's putting them in control. And so this is what I say. I say, hey, what is the best thing that has ever happened to you in your life? Now, people love that question because no one has ever asked them that question. Would you turn to your neighbor right now? Come on, everyone, 100%. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you? See, and they may answer like, oh, my job. They may answer my spouse. They may answer uh, money, my, my uh, career, my education. Uh, some people say I've got many good things. Some people say I have no good things in my life. Okay, and so maybe you just talk about whatever it is that they said for a minute, okay? Then you say, may I, everybody say may I. May I share, not let me, but may I share the best thing in my life. Again, it's permission. Again, it puts them in control. And, and they're feeling like you are honoring them, okay? So may I share the best thing in my life. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, may I share the best thing in my life. So there's three questions you're asking. May I ask you a question? What is the best thing that's ever happened to you? And may I share the best thing in my life, okay? Those are the first three things, and, it's, and it, that's permission, and it works really good. So now we're going to page, uh, page nine. Would you go to page nine? And we're just going to read through this together. Do you guys have enough light to, to read? Yes, no? No, I'm hearing no in the front and yes in the back. Okay. We all have a BC story, our life before Christ. What was your life like before you personally fell in love with Jesus? I didn't say before you went to church or got confirmed. I do mean when you truly surrendered your heart and life to Christ. Here's where we start writing your BC story. First, think of three adjectives that describe your BC life. Perhaps you were lonely, frustrated, or lacked purpose. Perhaps you had success without significance, lots of guilt or anxiety. Maybe you were hopeless in life or angry at God or afraid to die. The list goes on. 
Maybe you're like me. You surrendered your life to Christ at a young age and can't remember a specific moment of conversion. Even though I was young, there are some things I remember. My need for forgiveness, feelings of guilt, and knowing there has to be a God. As you remember your BC days, your story begins to take shape. Go ahead and finish this sentence with three adjectives or phrases and write them on page 16. There was a time in my life. So go ahead and turn to page 16. And I want you to finish this sentence with three adjectives or phrases. Everyone's going to need a pen. If you don't have a pen uh, or if you don't have one of these booklets, would you raise your hand right now? And the ushers will help you. If you don't have a pen or a booklet, raise your hand high. The ushers will help you. I think we're still going to need some more light here for them to, to, to write down and read. Uh, and, and everybody say this with me. There was a time in my life. Everybody say it. One more time. That is what gets you going. You don't say before I got saved or before Christ. Okay, you just say there was a time in my life. Thank you, that's better. Okay, so go ahead on page 16. Would you write right now? I'm going to give you one minute. Please think of your life. If, if you got saved at a young age, you don't remember it, maybe you can, there's some things you can safely assume, like everyone's looking for purpose. Every human is asking, why am I on earth? What happens when I die? You can also assume there's no peace in your heart. So I just say there was a time in my life I had no peace in my heart. And I was asking the big questions, like what's my purpose? What happens when I die? You may have some other things to say in there. Go ahead right now and please write three things. Okay, we're going to go on to uh, page 11 now, the next one, and that's your turning point. This is the time where you heard about Christ and you accepted Christ. So we want to help you describe that moment in your life. Okay? So let's read it together. Page 11. Everyone has a season when their spiritual curiosity kicks in. A time when you see your spiritual need. This is your turning point. It could have been during a church service, during a crisis, a healing, or answered prayer. It could have occurred when someone shared their faith with you, or even when you experienced success, yet still felt empty. My TP sounds like this. One day, someone told me about a God who really loves me. This God was personal and not distant and invited me to live in heaven with him forever. But I had a problem. Heaven's perfect and I'm not, so I couldn't get in. But this God named Jesus made a way for me. He came to earth 2,000 years ago. He became the perfect sacrifice. He died for me to remove my sin. All I had to do was receive his gift. So when I realized Jesus died for my sins, I invited him to become the leader of my life. Now turn back to page 17, if you would, please. Everyone, page 17. And I want you to answer two questions. First of all, how did you hear about Jesus? If you grew up in church, well, you can say, somebody told me, because probably many people told you about a God who loves you. Uh, maybe someone witnessed to you at work or shared their faith or invited you to Riverway or or, or how did you first get exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, was, it, was it a friend? Was it a relative? Was it a TV show? Was it a sign for Riverway Church? And you say, hey, I'm going to go to church and f see what's going on here. And then number two, I want you to finish this sentence. When I realized Jesus died for my sins, I invited him to... So what? What did you invite him to do in your life? To forgive you? To become the king of your heart? To become the leader of your life? Maybe you invited him to 
heal your marriage or heal your body or, or to set you free from some addiction, whatever it is. Uh, I want you to write that in right now. So please answer those two questions right now, please. Okay, now we're going to go to uh, page 13 is your A.D., uh, A.D. is Latin, uh, Anno Domini is Latin for the year of our Lord. Uh, I, I'm going to just summarize this because we're short on time, but A.D., I want you to describe the benefits of knowing Jesus. What has Jesus done in your life? Since you've given and surrendered your life to him, uh, some people say, I've got new joy, I've got purpose, I've got forgiveness, he's healed my marriage, he's healed my body, I have new friends, I have a new church, I have hope, I have love, I have the promise of heaven, uh, it's a lot of different things. New friends. So on page uh, 18, would you turn there, please? And would you describe the positive change that Christ has made in your life? Pick three things that come to your mind right away. Um, new joy, you got faith, you got hope, uh, no fear, understanding the scriptures, whatever it is in you. You, you see this as such a great benefit in your life now. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor what you wrote as AD, for the three benefits. Just say, since giving my life to Christ, I have, and, and do that. Go ahead, tell your neighbor, all of you. Great. And now we're going to go to the fifth one, if I had never met Christ. Sort of a scary question, if you ask me. I think I would, uh, I'd be very empty. I'd say, if I'd never met Christ, I'd be very empty and still looking for purpose, like so many people my age. So... I want you to turn to page 19. I want you to imagine what your life would look like without Christ. I know you don't know for sure. Some people say they'd be dead. Some people say they'd be divorced, on drugs, in jail. Other people, they say they'd be successful but still searching. Um, other people say they'd just be aimless and wandering and into some Eastern religion or something. I don't know. Just take a wild guess. What do you think your life would look like without Christ? And go ahead on page 19 and finish this sentence. If I had never met Christ, I... Go ahead. Okay? Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and uh, tell your neighbor. Just say, if I had never met Christ, and tell him what you wrote. Sort of a scary thought, isn't it? Okay, we want to role model this up for you right now. And I'm going to ask Jeff to come up here and help me. And he's a, uh, the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, for this, uh, this moment. He's, he's a courageous man, and he has passion for Jesus. That's all we need. So Jeff and I are going to role model this for you. I'm going to pretend, first of all, that uh, Jeff is my neighbor. And I've been living in my neighborhood for five years. I know what we're singing about. I know what the Bible says. I, I'm supposed to be salt and light. I, I'm, I'm an ambassador for Christ, but I'm not quite sure. And I've lived by him for five years. I've invited him to church. He's never really come to church and now I don't know where to go with this, and I don't even know how to impact my neighbor. So we're just going to role model it for you, okay? Hey, Jeff, how's it going, man? Good, Tom. How good are you to, doing? Good to see you out yeah, mowing you the too. lawn today. Man, you've got one of the best mowed lawns around here. And, you know, how's your family doing? Family's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids are good. They're growing yeah. up fast. Yeah, man, I've just been watching your kids. It's just, it's just like weeds, man. Just yeah, crazy. So exciting. Crazy. I like to pull them out sometimes. Yeah. Like hey. the weeds in my lawn. Hey, you know what? It seems like we've lived by you five years already. It's hard to believe, and we got to know your family and your kids and your wife, and yeah, we're just great. proud to be your neighbors. But, you know, I've, yeah. I've never, I like to ask somebody a question every day, and I've never, I realize I've never asked you. Is that okay if I ask you this question? Yeah, yeah sure. Sounds yeah. good. Hey, what would you say, of all the things in your life, what would you say is the best thing that's ever happened to you so far? <sighs> so many to pick from. Um... 
Yeah, you know, I think uh, you hit it on the head there. I've got a great family, and I'm yeah, um, lucky to have a, a wife who loves me and kids who are uh, yeah. healthy and growing fast. You do, yeah. Boy, I love your kids. They're just so fun to be around. That's great. You're a great dad. Aw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, could I share with you the best thing that's ever happened to me? Uh, it seems only fair, right? Well, as you know, I got a wonderful wife, and I got four sons, and I got some incredible grandkids. But you know what? It's not the best thing because before I got married, there was a time in my life when uh, I had no peace in my heart. And I was asking the big questions like, you know, what's my purpose? And why am I here on earth? And, and then somebody told me about a God who loves me and wants me to be in heaven. But I, I found I wasn't eligible because heaven's perfect. <laughs> of course, you know I'm not. But he made a way through his son, Jesus Christ, dying for me. And so I invited him to really be the leader of my life, not just a Sunday thing, but an everyday thing. And you know, Jeff, it was the best thing, because now I got new peace in my heart, I got purpose, I got forgiveness, I got the promise of heaven, and, and I know if I'd never given my life to Christ, I'd still be very empty, and I'd still be searching for my purpose. So that's my best thing. Thanks for listening, man, and, and uh, the same Jesus loves you a whole lot. If you ever want to take that conversation further, let me know. And anyways, it's great to be your neighbor. I hear your wife's calling you for dinner, so have yeah, a good gotta, day. Got to go eat All some right. great food. Okay. So that's the one-minute witness. In about one minute, I shared my faith, and I shared the plan of salvation. And, it, and it's not doctrinal. It's not putting him on the spot. It's treating him with respect. It, it's not me quoting a bunch of scriptures and then messing them up halfway through because I forgot. It's just my story. And, of course, the more I practice it, I become good at it. At first, it just, it's just sort of like learning to ride a bike. But once you know, you take a couple falls, but once you know, you know it the rest of your life. And now I feel confident. In fact, I was in Honduras a few years ago, and I don't have time, but I had an audience with the president of Honduras, and I walked into his home, and right away I thought, I'm going to share my one-minute witness. I'll probably never get to sit with another president, and I shared with the president having no fear. Why? Because I knew exactly what I was going to say. There's three reasons we don't share our faith. Number one is lack of compassion for others. Number two, I don't know what to say. And number three is fear of rejection. And when you use this, you realize I have compassion. Now I know what to say, and when I use it, I realize people aren't rejecting me. So my fears have been holding me back all this time. So let's let Jeff now do it to me. Let's say I'm your auto mechanic, and I'm working on your car. I'm the unbeliever. You're the believer. You can use your book. That's great. But now I want you to uh, engage me in the one-minute witness, okay? And so I just, I, I'm, hey, here you are, Jeff. Here's the keys to your car. Got it all fixed. That'll be $1,700, please. Yeah. And, uh, Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, have a good day. All right, uh, take notes. This is how not to do it. <laughs> Give it a shot here. Um, okay, so the first question. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, hey, before I let you go, thanks for fixing my car, Tom. Yeah, that was yeah. uh, real nice of you. You yeah. know, the charge. We'll, we'll talk about the money thing later. <laughs> it's not important. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I always like to make it a point to ask someone a, a question every single time I meet okay. them. Um, is it okay if I yeah. ask you that question? Sure. All right. What's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, that's a great question. I know, right? I think, I think probably getting this job, I just finally got a job where I can provide for my family, and I got good hours and day job and all that, so it's really brought some, some balance for my family. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Uh, jobs are important. You've got to be able to put food on the table, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Is it okay if I share with you the best thing that's ever happened to oh, me? I'd love to hear it. 
All right, so. All right, so there's a time to ride. Get this. All right, so there was a time in my life where uh, I didn't really know who I was. You know, I, I, when you don't know who you are, I think you're just self-serving a lot. You just try to do the best thing that's for you. And really, I was just confused about what my purpose is in this world, what, what the purpose is of existence altogether. And, um, you know, I went to church, and someone there told me about God and yeah. uh, how he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. And um, that somehow made sense to me, and that um, I, I learned that he died and for me and for my sins, and that I needed to be forgiven, and so I decided, hey, I need that forgiveness, and I asked Jesus to be the leader of my life. Um, and so now I know, I know who I am, I know what my purpose is, and that is to serve others, um, and basically just follow the the greatest commandment, which is to love God and love yep. people. Yep. Um, and I can tell you that without God, without Jesus, um, I'd be lonely, I'd be lost, and I'd probably be reaping the consequences of a lot of bad decisions in my life. Yeah, thanks for listening. Okay. That's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. All right. Hey, well, great. Thanks for sharing that with me, and you have a good day. All right. All right. Did he do a good job? Give him a hand, will you? All right. Thank you, man. You can go. You see, the average person hears the gospel seven times before they give their life to Christ. And he, that might be the fourth time he's heard it, or, or I've heard it. And, uh, and you don't have to lead him to Christ to feel successful. I just bumped him one step closer to Jesus. Now, if, they, if they're interested and if they're fully engaged, you can read it later on in your booklet. You can read how to lead someone to Christ. But we're not going to talk about that right now. We're just going to talk about how to share your story. And when you're done, you say, hey, thank you. The same Jesus loves you. It's all in the Bible. And, uh, and now you've left them, and I guarantee you they will not forget your encounter because you've been salt and light now to them. Okay, so what's number one, everybody? Number two? Three? Four? Five? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want everyone to stand, please. Everyone stand. I want you to turn around, turn around, find somebody, find a partner, and I want you guys to role model it together right now. One of you is the unbeliever, one's the believer, then switch roles. Okay, but you got to move it fast because we, we have limited time. And then just go ahead and start. You say, may I ask you a question? What's the best thing in your life? May I share the best thing? Go ahead. May I ask you a question? Go ahead. Okay, everybody close your eyes, please. Close your eyes. What's number one? Nice and loud. Two. Three. Four. Five. You guys are so smart. Okay. So how'd it go for you? Did it go okay? I mean, you actually did pretty good, I think. Give yourself a hand, would you? All right. All right. So practice makes perfect. So here's what I want you to do. You guys took a little longer than a minute. But this time, I want, I want to practice it one more time right now. But this time, I want you to find a different person. I want you to go to him. The first thing you say, may I ask you a question? What's the best thing that's ever happened to you? And may I share the best thing? And then say, there was a time in my life, and go through it. Everybody stand, please, one more time. Thank you for your indulgence. Everybody turn around. Find one more partner. And quickly, are you ready? Everyone stand. In the back, everywhere. We're going to all do it together. Ushers and everybody, sound people are going to do it. Okay, turn around, find a partner, go. You guys are doing great. You guys are doing great. Shut your eyes one more time. What's number one? Number one, two, 
three, four, five. When I began this 10 years ago, I never thought that God would allow me to talk to so many people and realize how hurting people are in this world. And because of that, I realize now more and more why we sing the songs we do. Draw me closer to your love. Draw me deeper. Use me outside these walls of this church for people that will never come into these doors. Fill my heart with compassion so I see what you see when you see these people in the grocery store, at the checkout counter, at the restaurant with your waitress. So I got three questions for you. Number one, how many are understanding the tool? Come on, raise your hands. If you understand it, it's pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, a seven-year-old can do this. And we've had seven-year-olds do it. In fact, we're training now in schools, and they're making this part of their curriculum in schools. In Haiti, we're in our third year now in Haiti. Last month, I got the report from 48 schools that we are involved in in Haiti. Last month, they, they take the students to a park once a week or twice or three times a week to share their faith. Last month, in one month, kids in, in Haiti shared their faith with 71,000 people. It's just incredible. If we could equip the church to share their faith outside the church, we could influence America again. We teach our students to be influencers, to be, don't be followers, be leaders for Christ. So question number two, how many of you think you could use this tool outside this church sometime? Come on, you, understand? you think so? Okay. The only other question I have is, when do you think we should start using it? I'm thinking maybe next year. What do you think? Next month? Next week? How many think we should start using it today? Yeah. The the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so here's what helped me. I decided 10 years ago I was going to take a seven-day challenge. I want to give you the same seven-day challenge today. And uh, I wear a blue band on my wrist, and we hand these out in all the countries we work in. And it's just a reminder. I'm gonna, Lord, I'm available today. Would you lead me to someone that I can share my faith with in one minute? In fact, if you are interested in doing that, I guarantee you it'll change your life. If you're serious about serving Jesus, this will change your life. And it will make you so much fruitful. It'll help disciple you into a stronger Christian because every time I share my faith, my fire ignites again for Christ. I realize how much I love Jesus. And so... If you're interested in this, I want you to turn to your partner and ask them right now. Say, would you be my partner for the next seven days? You can text or call each other every day. So how did you do? And you guys will be an accountability team to each other. Go ahead. Ask your partner. Would you be my partner for the next seven days? Where's Jeff? Where's Jeff? Is he here? No? Okay. That's all right. Okay. So, on your way out today, if you are going to be a partner, we've got one of these blue bands for you on the table. Please take one, put it on, and wear it constantly for seven days, and just pray every day. Four words. Lord, I'm available today. Everybody say it. Lord, I'm available today. Say it again. Lord, I'm available today. And when when the thought comes, share your faith. Just say, excuse me, I'd like to ask somebody a question every day. Is that okay with you? What's the best thing that's ever happened to you? They love that question. And then often they'll even ask you, well, how about you? What's the best thing? And you'll have a minute to share. And they, because you're sharing it in love, they will not soon forget. So 
And we also have on the way out, we have a sheet of paper you can download from our website. Our website's on the back of your booklet. But you can also download this sheet. You can use it for your small group. You can use it for your family. You can train all your kids in it at home. But you can pick up one of those sheets. It's got the fill in the blanks as well on it. So I want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. So Lord Jesus, I thank you that you had compassion on me. I thank you that you sent someone to talk to me about you. And Lord, I pray that we would fulfill this great commission you've given to us on this earth, that we would use our moments on earth as an ambassador for the greatest king of all, the king of all kings. I bless your name, Lord, and I pray that you would empower us to be your witnesses on this earth for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone say amen.